pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. 18-yard box is wall-free. This is my three-subs podcast, A Soccer Odyssey, with your manager, Tim Van Horn. The English soccer season finally ends. One team goes from a plate of humble pie to a cup of joy. And speaking of cups, it's the Champions League and the Europa League. We've got a preview. We've got more soccer news on the way with Brony Scott. But first, we sit down with North Carolina FC defender Akeem Ward in the USL Championship's Ever-Tough Group G. That's coming up now on My Three Subs. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. Much of the USL Championship is a toss-up, and Group G is no different. Joining me now from North Carolina FC, we say hello to defender Akeem Ward. Akeem, thank you for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, you are the third... Creighton Blue Jay we've had on here in the past year. We've had Ross Pauley, of course, who's the current women's head coach at mm-hmm. Creighton University and was an MLS All-Star. Richard Mulrooney is the men's coach at University of Memphis. He's a mm-hmm. former MLS All-Star. So we expect that trend to continue, all right? I, I know you're at, at North Carolina FC, <laughs> but, but we're expecting great things out of you, so no pressure. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. But, no but pressure it, at all, huh? But in all, in all seriousness, I did speak with both of them, and both of them speak very highly of you. Thank you for joining me. Looking forward to, to chatting with you how how's the weather been i know tropical storm isaias uh mm-hmm. roared along the east coast did you guys get any of that rain in the last several days um yeah actually was it last night or you know yesterday yesterday night we got a, we got a lot of it i was kind of talking to one of my friends like when's it supposed to come through here and then just gushing winds and rain happened all night long and then the morning it was kind of cleared up so we got it all night long and it was a little bit of flooding and then um all good after that honestly so i think we're pretty good now you guys get able to get training in today yeah, yeah we were able to get it in so there's no problem i guess the drain the, the fields are pretty well drained so um we were able to get on the grass i know that you came uh you, you spent some time with loud united you're drafted by dc united you played at loud united in birmingham legion and mm-hmm. then uh, dave sarikin uh mm-hmm. must have really liked what he saw T- talk, talk about making that transition to, to north carolina fc when you got there you know in the uh, winter time can you talk a little bit about the about the, your new club uh huh. So kind of a, a, weird, a weird way of how I got there. I was actually on trial with another team. I was in trial um, in San Diego with Landon Donovan's new team, the Loyal, and um, and then ended up working out that um, there's interest still from from Coach Serkin, um, and. I think I did well enough um, when I played against them against Birmingham in the playoffs that I kind of caught a few eyes. So um, it was it's kind of weird how things work out like that. But um, so I played well, contacted uh, Coach Herkin and found myself out here. And, and um, hopefully it seems like I've, uh, I've adjusted uh, pretty well. I like the group of guys um, and the coaching staff. So so it's been all good. Good transition. Um <laughs> Still, I know we had a lot of, we had about, what, three, four months off, but yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, everything has been, been going great. I know last year you had four assists, so would you consider yourself kind of a box-to-box uh, fullback? Oh, for sure. Um, I love I love flying forward, um, and I same the same thing uh, f- going going backwards. I'm, I always have to coach coach had to remind me last game defender first. Um, I'm like yes, of course, I'm a defender at, at heart, um, but I love to get forward. Um, I love to attack and add to the game in that aspect. So, 
And one thing Coach Sarakin has said about you is, is that he's very confident that you could play on either side of the pitch. And I know that's got to help, uh, you know, finding your way to earn the minutes to, to be on this uh, club and, and get out there for the, for match day. Oh, for sure. And that's kind of been my um, kind of been my my thing that's helped me actually become a pro. I would like to I'd like to attest that to that, honestly, um, because I've been playing left and right side since my junior year in college, kind of um, Johnny Torres and Elmer Bolders, my coaches there kind of pushed that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, yo, we don't have a guy to play on the left side, so it's going to be you. I was like, oh, OK, so. That may be a good lesson I for, them for that now. <laughs> and that may be a good lesson for parents out there that have kids in club ball or are going into school ball that if the coach says, hey, why don't you try this? Yes, is usually a pretty good answer because you may learn something new and, and may earn your way up to a higher level. Exactly. I kind of I had to learn that even through even becoming a defender in general. Like my last year, I played academy um, in, in Minnesota for Shattuck St. Mary's and my academy coach said, hey, we're going to pull you from outside mid kind of 10 to outside back because we need that position i think you do really well there oh man was that a fight um and i like it at all and look where i'm at now so yeah yeah de- definitely on the ascendancy 2020 has been weird for everybody but i know for you it, it's been an interesting year because you, you come to a new club in the winter time and then after one match uh everything gets shut down can you talk about mm-hmm. those first couple of weeks into the shutdown you know what's you know what's the thinking at the club because i know every state was a little bit different akeem you know mm-hmm. you know at what point did you guys sure. you know what at what point did you guys sort out okay this is going to be kind of in the long haul and we've got to we got to change our way of thinking um i don't know if we really thought like super super long haul uh coach is very optimistic and i remember every every week we had a zoom call on every friday we had a zoom calls um some stuff was just talking about how we want to be as a team some stuff was just fun just checking in so the beginning of it is more and more check-ins and everything and everyone was kind of like okay like like let's kind of assess and see what's going on as things started to get a little bit worse we're like okay we're going to be here for a little bit longer so let's start getting stuff out of it so we kind of had um uh kind of had our own personal training like kind of regiment that we're doing um it was hard for them to kind of keep track of it but they did the best they could um and then eventually we got to the point where we started to kind of get more hope when we were able to do small groups trainings, like of about was it three, three to five people. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of when we kind of got the glimpse of like, that was like a month and a half before we even started doing like full training. So we were like doing that and we're like, this still could get shut down because there's still a lot of things going on with the, the players union and, and, and the figuring things out with the league and, and, and all the health going on. So we kind of throughout the whole time, I think the team did a very good job of being optimistic, especially with coach kind of driving that um, home that, Hey, we need to be prepared if we do have a season um, because the ones that, that come out of this and are prepared are the ones going to do, do well. And um, hopefully, hopefully we echo that and they kind of, kind of show what he was talking about. How was the leadership in the uh, in, in the dressing room during that time? Your guy, how, how were the guys in checking in with each other? Because with, with all of this, I think we one thing that we've all learned, Akeem, is that you know it's not just physical health, but it's emotional, it's mm-hmm. mental health as well. How, how has how has your new club been on that? I think it's been very very good. Honestly, we have a lot of um, like guys from different places all around the world, and and the veterans here are are, are proper guys that have been here for a minute um, in North Carolina. Um, and they're kind of like the kind of face of the club, and they've done a very, very good job of like reaching out. Um, and I, I've been on three teams in, 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 in a year, four teams now in two years, and I think this is the team that probably I'd have to say is the closest. Um, 
kind of resembling college because it's very difficult to 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 have things the same as college where everyone's as close as they are. But I think this is the best it comes when when people have families and things of that sort. So I think people are doing a really good job here of um, kind of keeping everyone accountable as well as checking in and, and just being good guys. If you're going to be a professional soccer player, it's no secret that it is go, go, go all the time from, you know, middle school, high school, club ball, college, you know, PDL and anything else that you may do. What did the shutdown do for you? And what did you learn about yourself during that time? Um, the shutdown for me was more like a mental, like, see, I kind of, during this whole shutdown, I was kind of pushing my, my barriers, uh, mentally and physically. Um, I have not done this much running or lifting and uh, of things of that sort. in probably my whole life, I was running about every, every day. Uh, some days, some days I was doing two a days. Um, and some of my teammates are like, man, you really like, they see me, you really like running, huh? No, 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 I, I really don't. Um, but I was kind of looking into the aspect. I was like, um, and one of my mentors, um, kind of mentioned this to me. He's like, if I'm doing something I don't like to do over and over and over again, and I'm doing it well, then when I, when it's something I love, people will have no chance. So that's kind of my mentality of like trying to get that figured out and kind of build the mental toughness throughout this whole time. Because, and also, I also had to think of it as this is the only time probably in my life I'll be on the same playing field as everyone in the world. At one point in time, everybody in the world almost was, was in a lockdown. Yeah. And like, that was like the only level playing field because there's always someone that's working harder than you. So at that moment, that guy was, that guy couldn't work harder than me. So I I was going to do, I was going to try to do as much as him or more. Um, so that's kind of how I took that and and it's helped me so much, uh, coming back out of it and kind of appreciation for, um, for, for the shutdown and everything else going on. Did you learn any new skills? Did you learn any new dishes, anything cooking or, or did you try some different exercises, uh, in a different way and any, anything you picked up or, or, or maybe did you sit down with a good book at any time and just, uh, you know, what, what, what else did you learn, uh, during the time? Um, so I picked the book outliers, which I really like, which is kind of, um, it's comes back to ultimate mentality and stuff like that. And also during the time, which, which kind of, didn't help with picking up more skills. It was like probably two or three weeks into quarantine. I ended up getting a puppy. Oh. So she, she was, yeah, she was the big, 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 like learning curve. If, if so to speak, what'd you get? Um, uh, Australian shepherd. Um, she's about nice. what now she's about six, seven months now. So she, she's still a little baby, but I got her, I got her real young, about two, two months, two and a half months. And it was like, there you go. I was like, okay, I got a puppy now. I said, I've been saying I want to have one, but like, this was the best time I thought, um, because I was able to like help her grow up, teach her things instead of being traveling all over the place. So it was kind of the best time. And there was a big influx of actually people getting puppies around the neighborhood and around the country. I heard. So I got, a, I got a quarantine puppy. Well, and it's a great excuse to get, cause you got to get out of the house at that point. Right. Exactly. Yep. You have to walk around. Man, those dogs are smart, too. Yeah, that's, that, mm-hmm. that, that's an awesome choice. Akeem Ward is joining us from North Carolina FC, and we're talking a little bit about the shutdown, but he's kind of walked us through some of the things that he's done. And as we edged you know, closer and closer to full team training and everything, so it sounds like when you came back, you were settling in quite well. And then the I, when you got back, did Coach Sarakin, did he did he, he change anything in the way that he was training or, or in any of his philosophy? Because I know when you showed up in February, preparing for March, you were getting ready 
ready for a marathon, but here you come mm-hmm. back and it's like a 15 game sprint. Uh huh. So it was kind of a mentality of it was of more so like okay, guys, like let's let's ease into it. More like guys, we got 15 games. We should we should be all gas, no breaks. It's 15 games of just just grind you know because this this is a shorter season um number one people want to impress because this is this is every every year's a different time for people to kind of do their thing and, and impress and, and get better and move on and things of that sort and to win and this gets, this gets us even closer um to winning uh and to being able to, to to lift the trophy so like it was kind of the emphasis on hey guys let's be sharp as soon as we get back you know the teams that come out the sharpest out of the gate are the ones going to do really well um and he emphasized he emphasized a lot um the team aspect we got to be together because it's not going to be easy this is going to be the hottest part of the year it's going to be hard we're going to need everybody and um kind of like moving forward let's just get after it that was kind of his message um we've taken it kind of into stride and we're moving along now it kind of looks like the USL championship as we get into the last four or five weeks. It came. It really looks like it's going to be interesting, and there's going to be a lot of adaptation because by then you will have seen and played against each other in the group, you know, two or three times at least at that point. And then mm-hmm. at some point, I guess you're going to have to throw a wrinkle at the other team to try to grab all three points. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I played my old club, Birmingham. I believe we played them four times. Yeah. It's difficult playing a team twice, you know, um, three times. If that four times, whew, it's going to be interesting. Um, at one, so we, we got the best of them last time. Um, so we see them again. Quick turnaround, we see them around next week. So um, that should be interesting. It's going to be very difficult, you know. Um, it's a very difficult thing to do, um, for sure. But I think it is doable if you approach it right and you do things a little bit differently here and there, maybe, maybe different personnel. Um, then I think, I think, I think it should be, shouldn't, should be no problem, you know, but it's gonna be difficult. It's very difficult to beat a team twice, let alone four times, but you know, we're up for, we're up for the challenge. Well, and it'll be interesting to see that last time or two against, you know, group opponents, how, how many cards exactly. start flying. Cause by then, you know, everybody's going to know each other. There's going to be, you know, grudges uh-huh. probably held. So th- I think those will oh, probably be physical. So yeah, more cards than a Hallmark store, I'm sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, t- hey, Akeem, tell me a little bit where your love of the game began. I mean, we talked about you going through club ball and through college and, you know, this whirlwind of a year. But where did it all start for you? Who, you know, when, you know, where did you pick up the love of the game and, and who were some of your heroes? Um, so where it started, I think I started kicking along with moms, correct? Um, I was about three years old. So both of my parents are, are four and my dad's Jamaican, our mom's English. So uh, I kind of test most of that, like the, the, the football aspect of it. Um uh to the english blood in me like my mom grew up in croydon london this is why i support crystal palace um and hey they punched like, above their weight this year didn't they yes they did yes they did um still not where we want to be but but um we're still in the league so that's right that's 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 that, that's, that's, that's that's something to look forward to getting that tv um, money that's right yes yes sir <laughs> um but uh, my uncle, cause I was born, I was born and raised in, in New York for a little bit before I moved to Virginia. So my my uncle, he's English as well. He's kind of um, helped me along and pushed me into soccer a bit more um, while I was playing with my cousins. And then after, as soon as I became like four or five, when it was started to get a little bit more organized, and like five, six, and a little bit older, I kind of found like the passion. I was like, okay, I really want to do this. And 
ever since then, I kind of wanted to be a professional, wanted to be a professional. And some kids, their dreams changed. Mine, mine did not. And as I got older, I got more and more serious and had to make more and more sacrifices. Um, and then kind of blink my eye and I'm kind of here now. Did you play high school and club ball or did you have to, uh, you know, pick one or the other at that point? So actually, it's, I actually ended up playing my freshman year of high school. I played, I played high school soccer and I played club soccer. And then I went to boarding school, uh, like I was saying before, which was an academy, um, Shattuck St. Mary's. So it, it was in, um, it was in the, the, the USSDA. It was in the development academy. So I didn't have to play high school soccer anymore um, or club soccer. It was, it was uh, the development academy. So I did that for four years and then went to another school before I went to Creighton. And then ended up being able to go to Creighton, and then kind of the rest is history. Now there. Oh wow! Just curious. I know with with, with your parents having you know nationalities outside the U.S. and, and you being in the U- uh-huh. U.S., would you be interested? Would Would you be taking a look at maybe with your versatility, looking at playing for for one of the national teams, maybe Jamaica, or you know you know maybe even take a shot at, at the U.S. Is that something that you aspire to, or are you focused solely on club ball now? Um, so obviously uh, I'm focused on club ball as well, but that's also another dream of mine playing internationally, um, for either of those three countries, um, for sure. Like that's, that's, that's written down in my notebook. That's on, that's, that's something I kind of reiterate to myself and each day I have to show it on the club level that I'm good enough to play on a national level. So I won't, I won't look past, obviously you can't look past the club level because that's what gets you there. But I, I would love to for sure. And that's a, that's a big dream of mine. Yeah. I mentioned us and Jamaica. I, I, I didn't, I didn't intentionally for, I forgot to mention England too. It wouldn't be too bad to play at Wembley either, I guess. Oh, crazy <laughs> yeah yeah um so looking ahead you've got uh you, you just getting underway i mean group g is just a total toss-up you've got memphis 901 fc coming up mm-hmm. on espn plus espn deportes uh mm-hmm. coming up this weekend and it looks like you're gonna get to play uh, you got dave sarikin who who has contributed a lot to the u.s men's national team and then you got the opposing goalie mm-hmm. you might have heard of tim howard who has contributed <laughs> a little bit to the men's national team yeah that's that's one that's the one i was looking forward to i kind of mentioned that to my uh to my friends yesterday he's talking to me about something he's like, oh so you've got a game this weekend yeah you're gonna be playing against tim howard he's like what I'm like yeah man he's one of my old soccer buddies like oh this is crazy i'm like yeah man. it's it is crazy like who would have thought that would ever happen what? um but that's very i think it's very cool he's a legend um i love what he's doing out down down there in memphis um and uh, I'm looking forward to, to a good match over there. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch him, you know, not just his playing career, but what he's done afterwards. And I think he's paved a path for a, for a lot of former players, you know, not just mm-hmm. going into as a, as a sporting director, but also into ownership as well. You know, just looking. Yeah. I know you're focused on club ball, but I mean, is this something that you'd be looking at for, you know, a lifetime lifestyle? Would you would you love to stay in the game, you know, you know, 10, 15 years from now? Or, you know, what what is your you know, what is your dream? Oh, uh, well, 100%. I'd love to get back, um, give back to the kids in the game and everything like that. Um, so a little bit earlier on, I used to dabble with coaching and things of that sort. And sometimes I do it here and there. But right at this moment in my career, I'm, I'm solely focused on playing. Um, it was my second year, so I'm kind of more so foot in the door even more. Um, last year, I just dipped my toe in the water a little bit there. Um, and I was jumping around a lot, so looking for a little bit more stability, which I had for a little bit, and then four months kind of threw that off. But 
it is what it is. You know, a lot of people are going through the same thing right now. But um, with that being said, like in the future, yes, I'd love to to get into the the ownership side and um, even the coaching side in the future. I think it's just very interesting. Not everyone can do it. Um, I'm saying this now. You know, things could change five years down the road. Sure. But um, but for right now, that's 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 another another goal of mine. Um, to kind of give back in that way as well. Sure. The game. Sure, and I'm sure when Tim Howard was 24, that was the last thing that was on his mind. You know, at that point, it was just you know make it to the next level and continue to grow. Akeem, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. North Carolina FC visits Memphis 901 FC Saturday, 4 p.m. Central Time. It's going to be on ESPN Plus, ESPN Deportes as well. Thank you so much. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we can't wait. Especially since we've had two other Creighton Blue Jays be MLS All Stars, we. Can't want, we can't wait to see what you do as well because the law of averages is with you. We wish you nothing but the best of luck, best of health, Akeem. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I Thank you for having me on here. I really appreciate it. And that takes us to the half. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. When you're buying or selling a home, it can be one of the most stressful times of your life. When you're purchasing a home, it's one of the biggest investments you'll ever make, and you want to get it right, and you want to know that you got it at a fair price and not have buyer's remorse as you're moving those boxes into the house. If you're selling, you want to make sure you get a good price for it, and you're able to move on quickly and move on to your next stop in life. I'm Tim Van Horn, licensed realtor in Tennessee and Mississippi with Cry Like Realtors. My number is 901-756-8900 in my office, or you can always call me on my cell at 901-262-5000. I'm relocation certified, and whether you're moving around the block or around the world, I can help you get where you're going. If you're thinking of selling your home, give me a call. I'll put together a marketing plan that'll help you put that sold sign in the front yard faster. If you're thinking of buying a home, give me a call or check me out online at timvanhorn.com for a personalized home search. And I never, I mean never, charge a fee to work with buyers. So give me a call at my office, 901-756-8900, or on my cell at 262-5000. You can always find me on the website at timvanhorn.com. That's timvanhorn.com. For Tim Van Horn, cry like realtors. There's the whistle. Second half, my three subs action from the Center Circle Studios. Tim, I told you, when you want them to win, they never do. However, that being said, how happy am I right now? (laughs) As an Arsenal fan, I feel vindicated. (laughs) Congratulations, Arsenal, the FA Cup winners, a hard-fought victory. Uh, against Christian Pulisic, well, at least for Christian for part of the match. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the pe- last 20 minutes, you know, he was kind of down and out. But, you know, we'll take a W. The officiating was pretty interesting for that match. You know, um, a couple times it was mentioned, why don't they get somebody who's maybe more vetted for a VA Cup or uh, for an FA Cup? Um, and... I happen to agree. Uh, I, I obviously like the outcome um, from from you know the match, but the officiating was spotty. We'll say. Well, let's talk about the benefit for Arsenal. Arsenal finishes well outside the top four, but with this, they earn a Europa League spot. So yep. there will be European football. So a couple of questions for you, and let's just take them slowly, one at a one at a time. Okay. Uh, given that they are rivals at times with Manchester United. Who has had the better season? Manchester United finishing third hmm. or 
Arsenal? And maybe that's an incomplete question because we're going to be talking about Manchester United in their European Cup run yeah. in a few minutes. I, I mean, okay, as it, okay, just stop it at the oh, FA Cup. And you know what? You know what? Let's just break. You know what? Let me rephrase the question. Okay. Who who's had a better season? Arsenal, who have who finished two or three places behind Tottenham or mm-hmm. Spurs? Um, well, uh, going back to last week, I'm still sticking with Arsenal because they did win some hardware in their season. And and I think that is where you have to look at the, the two seasons, the split between Tottenham and who had a great season. Don't get me wrong. They had a good run. They just kind of fell short. Um, I think if Arsenal would have lost, my answer would be completely different here because Tottenham, like I said, did have a really good run. But with the hardware in their pocket, earning that European spot and and moving on and, and have a lot to look forward to with Arsenal. There's a lot of promise. There's a lot of, you know, kind of this movement where there is – the ball is rolling down the hill kind of feeling where where before not it was, toward hell but toward no days, right? better yeah greener pastures if you will you know i mean you're not you're not rolling down the pit <laughs> you're rolling down well let, st- well let me stop you right there because then i want to go into my second question because okay. you're talking of optimism with european football mm-hmm. with europa league football for 2020 2021 is arsenal able to keep pierre emmerich obama yang uh they better um, if they want to do anything uh, moving forward. And and I think it was mentioned after the FA Cup at length. I think it was mentioned even 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 now, you know, where what happens to Aubameyang? Does he move on? Do they sell him off? And I think when you have a manager who is sitting there going, we need this guy. He is a key pivotal part of our whole strategy moving forward and to keep this momentum moving forward you have to pay him you have to dig into the pocketbook and pay the man i said it two weeks ago um every single talking head has said it you have to pay the man and he's going to get paid whether it's at arsenal or not hopefully as an arsenal fan it's at arsenal all right, one more question for you regarding Arsenal. Which manager had the better season? Mikel Arteta, Frank Lampard, or is it a push? Oh, boy, that is tough. And the easy answer is a push, obviously. However, with Arteta now having some hardware, with a little bit of kind of notch in his belt, it's, it's easier now to say Arteta. Really, I'm going to go the other way on this, and I'm going to say Frank Lampard, just a slight nudge past push because while the silverware is great, it gets you your Europa League spot, Mm -hmm. Frank Lampard is strolling into Champions League with an extra, well, tens of millions of dollars in revenue for the club because he finished in the top four. Okay, but but, uh, I have a a feeling and maybe there's a little rose tinted glasses with this with this answer so you know I've got the gunner shirt in the bat Um, I think that there's more to Arsenal right now than at Tottenham well we're talking about Chelsea though right Uh, yeah at Chelsea and and so um, that's what I meant Chelsea wait wait so 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 you think that Mason Mount Tammy Abraham 
Christian Pulisic and now Timo Werner. And the reason why I say that is we don't know the extent of Christian Pulisic's injury. Um, he says he's fine, but he said that after the last time he was injured and out for what, however long. You know, granted, we did have the break, but... You know, it's that hamstring again. Is it the same hamstring? I don't think so. But, you know, what's going on with Christian Pulisic? And at Chelsea, uh, you saw them decimated in the first half. This is with Christian Pulisic. This is with Olivier Giroud um, complaining every inch of the way that he wasn't getting calls. Was a little bit of that uh, uh, to a testimony of, of how bad the officiating was? Maybe a little bit. But to lean on that for so hard, that kind of tells me that you have more chinks in, 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 in the armor that maybe need strengthened before you can move on. Whereas in Arsenal, um, you know, obviously you have that worry with Aubameyang. But when you, when you see the players working together as a unit, you saw this with Manchester United even. Um, and, and I know you're comparing apples to, to tangerines here, but when you're sitting there looking at it, when the group and, and the team is playing as a true club, things happen. And I don't see that at Chelsea. Well, you know, and I'll give you credit uh, for making some good points, although you're still completely wrong. But I think we do have some common ground in that both clubs badly need defensive reinforcements. Yes. No, you will have no argument from me on that. Yeah. So now that we've solved the world's problems in the Premier League, <laughs> there's a lot to look forward to in 2020-21. There's going to be intrigue mm-hmm. amongst those clubs. Arsenal, of course, will have Europa League next year. Yep. Chelsea finishing fourth, Manchester United third. And we'll talk about Manchester United and Chelsea coming up because we do have some European football that gets back underway this coming weekend. It's the Champions League on Friday and Saturday. And some of the quarterfinals, Brody, are already set in stone. We've got Atalanta versus PSG coming up on August the 12th. And then we've got Red Bull Leipzig against Atletico Madrid on the 13th. But there are still four other spots in the quarterfinals to be determined. I would say it's a good thing that Lampard finished fourth because I don't think they're getting out of this round after taking that (laughs) 3-0 shellacking in the first half of this uh, two-legged affair against Bayern Munich. Yeah, I, I mean, when you when you get shellacked like that 3-0 in the first half, that that's hard to come back from, you know? That's one of those matches where toward the end, you put the, the kids in that have, like, jersey number 84 <laughs> and let them run around, you know, for the last 15 minutes. Or, yeah, I think that's what may happen toward the end. There is an interesting matchup, though, on Saturday to go with that one, though. Barcelona and Napoli play each other. They're at 1-1 aggregate. Barcelona picking up the away goal at Napoli. They could essentially just set up camp there at the Camp Nou and go on through with a nil-nil. Yeah. But uh, but Napoli has been yeah, above average in in, in uh, Syria this year. So you, you could they, say they, decent. They might spring a surprise. Yeah. And with this much of a layoff, you don't know what Barcelona is going to do. That's uh, true. I I, I mean, yeah. it's it's easier to err on the side of, of caution with that one. Call it nil-nil if you're placing bets um, than to rely on either one of those sides to to really pick up the pace. Uh, Barcelona, I think, if you 
if you were to ask me, I think Barcelona has that one for a victory. But And before we even get to that, we've got two matches on Friday. You've got Manchester City taking on Real Madrid. Man City with a 2-1 edge. I think this one could even go either way because either team could begin to light it up. I, I would argue again, though, that Man City has that steam behind them. So I, Man City has something to prove, too. Yeah, they do. That's a good point. And, and for, for Pep Guardiola, if he were to run the table and win Champions League, I think that would steal some of Jurgen Klopp's thunder because, oh, most really, definitely. Guardiola was hired solely to win the Champions League at Manchester City. They've won the league. They've done that before, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. But he would be the first manager to, to bring them through to Champions League glory. So for them, I think he's a man on a mission. I think you bring up a good point there. Both teams could start uh, scoring some goals in this one, but already up by a goal. Manchester City knows how to win these matches. Yeah, I, I would say a slight edge at least to re, uh, to, uh, uh, to Manchester City. In and and, pro- and kudos to Pep for instilling that belief into his club who play like that. They step on the pitch, and, and they you see that little fire from Pep, uh, you know, who want to win that this match for him, you know, and it's evident, so... Yeah, I think time's running out for him to win that at Manchester City. This may be his best chance. In the other match on Friday, Lyon takes a 1-0 edge over Juventus. Uh, to be honest with you, Ronaldo could walk up and score four penalty kicks and blow <laughs> this one out of the water. Yeah, yeah, he just bend him in, whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. Look at himself and, in the yeah. mirror, comb his hair. And, in fact, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be fans. I think they're just going to hang a mirror up in front of the Jumbotron. <laughs> and uh, and and he's just going to take a look at himself after each goal. But that's the Champions League that comes up this weekend. Uh, the quarterfinals begin the middle of next week. So, I mean, it is a boom, just a quick turnaround. Yeah. Over in the U- Europa League, there are still several um, ties to, to settle up before they move on to the quarters. But half of the teams have a spot. Inter Milan is already in. Copenhagen is in, Shakhtar Donetsk is in, and Manchester United are in. At this point, I would say Manchester United and maybe a close second to enter Milan are going to be your favorites to win that whole thing. Probably, but how hard does man you play? I mean, really. I mean, you know, and they have they have a bit of a quandary. Uh, Manchester City have a bit of a quandary. Chelsea less so because the the uh, Premier League is going to be starting in about thirty days. Yeah, and they could still be playing long enough to where you're bumping up against that. Now it's my understanding that they've gotten a special exemption from Premier League where they would start in week three. Hmm if they advance much further in either of these competitions to allow for proper rest. Because if you don't, if you don't get these guys rest, you're going to have more of these hamstring. Yeah. You're going to have some of these tweaks uh, and you're going to be shorthanded going into the long haul. You know, and, and it's just, it, it, it's not good for any club when you are sitting there and you're like, well, I, you know, I listen, I just played for 18 months straight. Of course, you're going to have injuries, you know, it's silly. So good that they're going to get them a break, but I, I just don't see Man City and, and some of these uh, clubs from the Premier League trying that hard. I know that's a bad thing to say, but well, I think they're going to try hard in the in 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 the Champions League. I think maybe Manchester United in the Europa League. That, that's I think what I mean. They'll take, put off the gas as soon as they can. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. In the Europa League, I don't I don't think you're going to see too much of a fight. But yeah, Champions League, sure, sure, yeah. 
yeah, I think this is going to be it's going to be interesting to watch the beginning of the Premier League next year because mm-hmm. it, because these tournaments are going to have a knock on effect to the start of that season. While most of the teams will start right on time, we'll see some that enter and we'll have to play some of those Saturday, Sunday slash Wednesday yeah. kind of matchups that, that we're seeing in in USL Championship, which we'll get to in just a few moments. But MLS down to the final four. In fact, uh, tonight uh, we all had a semi. Yeah, uh, you had Portland uh, taking on. Who, who, I, I'm sorry, Philadelphia Union. I, I fell asleep halfway through that match because uh, there was just a lack of try <laughs> in spurts of this match um, where there was a lot of walking, Tim. Did you know there's a lot of strolling down the pitch uh, for some of the players? Um, so that was kind of disheartening to see. But Portland uh, coming up with a victory 2-1. Yeah, and then uh, tomorrow or, or a Thursday evening, it's going to be uh, the home club, the home side, Orlando City taking on uh, Minnesota in the other semifinal. And then the championship of the MLS's back tournament will be played next Tuesday. The winner, I believe, gets a CONCACAF Champions League spot. And uh, I think also maybe each one gets like a $50 gift card to <laughs> Disney Dining. <laughs> Question, though, for you, Tim. Did Orlando steal their spot because they were like, hey, you know, thanks for the digs and thanks for the hospitality. I'll tell you what we can do is we'll just let you move on to the next round because it felt like that, honestly, after watching some of the Orlando games. They cut through some of those matches. It seemed like there wasn't it didn't take a whole lot. Although I will say this, when it went to penalty kicks the other night, you would have thought Nanny was back in the Champions League with Manchester United. He was so happy yeah. that they won that match. And I love watching him. Mm-hmm. I understand why last year he did not play at Micro Stadium in the US Open Cup, but I would have loved to have seen him in Memphis. I know Ronaldo, you know, is the Portuguese player, him and Eusebio from the from the old school days, but right. you know what I, I would always pay good money to see nanny because he was always spectacular and when he'd score goals back in his younger days he would do the kind of the cartwheel flip after the goals <laughs> yeah it was fun to watch you know from pitch to pitch it was fun you know yeah, it, it's a, it was always enjoyable. USL Championship continues to heat up, and they're doing uh, pretty much the format of where teams are catching up, where you're doing the Wednesday night matches, and then you get your usual Friday, Saturday, Sunday tilt. Uh, the Saturday, ESPN Plus, ESPN Deportes. Yeah. Uh, Pete Pranica and I back on the air. Memphis 901 FC fresh off a wonderful 1-0 win. Upset? Uh, Upset, Tim? Yeah. I would say it was an upset against St. Louis FC yep. because St. Louis came in. It's an upset based solely on the fact that they shut out Louisville City mm-hmm. and they also shut out Indianapolis in consecutive matches and, and positioned themselves as the number two team in Group E. You know, you throw those three teams yep. in and then sporting Kansas City, too. And that's not that's a, that's that's a tough uh, <laughs> gambit to run there. Yeah, that's that or a tough gauntlet to run, I should say. And then uh, 901 FC nil uh, nil at the half. And you're thinking, OK, where's the breakthrough going to come? Because it truly was a hard fought stalemate. I mean, there was a lot yeah. of back and forth action in the middle of the pitch. Both teams positioning themselves well not to give up the easy goal. And then it finally came later in the second half. You know, I, and there was a lot to take away from that first half, even though it was nil-nil. I think you have to give credit where it's due. And obviously you saw the man of the match do his thing. And I'm talking about uh, Keanu Marsh-Brown uh, just 
applying pressure, but even less than Paul, applying pressure where it was due and and really getting in there to stir things up and create a problem for St. Louis. Leston Paul, one of the best matches I've seen him play in a Memphis 901 FC uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kofi is the one that sprung the ball to Mark Segbers True. for the assist to Keanu Marsh-Brown. And if you're looking at unsung heroes, I think you hit it on the head with Leston Paul. But let's not forget about Mark Segbers. Uh, and yep. Reese Buckmaster was good on the other side, but Mark was marauding down the wing. But then when... You had the substitution late in the match to move in Liam Doyle. I noticed he got bumped up to more of a defensive midfielder role, which was essentially we're going to do whatever we can to park the bus, preserve this lead, and not let anything cheap get into the box. And they were successful. I, I think you called it during the match where there were it was like almost like a six back situation where it was a back six or a, you know at times it felt like a back almost 11 <laughs> where there was no offensive pressure put on whatsoever. And uh, as Memphis 901C fans, you're sitting there going, please just kick the ball down the field, you know, <laughs> just get it away. But, um, and, and keep it down there. However, that being said with a little bit of motion movement and stuff like that, uh, it feels like maybe we turned over a new leaf defensively in the latter part of the matches where, we can park the bus and we can sit there and say, okay, well, let's kill 20 minutes because at that point we were killing 15 to 20 minutes. Two anxious moments in the last 15. Liam Doyle was absolutely solid with some strong uh, aerial work, a header to clear the danger. And then there was one that fell at the feet of three Memphis 901 FC Mm. players. He took one what I call a quiet touch because he didn't panic and then he just cleared that out to anywhere but near the goal and I thought that was terrific work as well but again the way that they stacked that block of four defenders and then four midfielders almost as if each line was was holding a, a piece of yarn kind of following each other up and down yeah you know laterally a line I thought it was terrific whatever coach Mulqueen had been uh, preaching during the week about covering on transition i thought they were swarming as defenders once they gave up the ball i want to give a a lot of praise to the center backs for the match for memphis 901 fc i thought zach carroll Mm -hmm. was terrific in the middle i thought tristan hodge did a very good job because you had buckmaster you had segbers on the wing and they were both in support of the wingbacks and if one uh, was to be beaten there was another there for cover or the wingbacks would funnel uh, the uh, opposing player into the center back and then it was 1v2 I thought it was good team defense that that is one thing that I I was just about to say it was a team effort because you know even Tim um, uh, Tim Howard had a really good showing and uh, making some pretty young saves as I'll, I'll say um, where he looked a little bit more spry than uh, you know he has in the past we'll say good decisions off the line yeah uh, anticipation beating some of the faster players out to the ball that's just experience and being flat out smart he had a he had uh, himself a good match but they have a tough one this weekend against North Carolina FC who come in with uh, you know 
Tim Mulqueen has quite the pedigree with the U.S. national team. Well, so does Dave Sarkin. In fact, yeah. he was the interim head coach at a time, and they come in with some talent, and uh, we'll keep an eye uh, not just on Akeem Ward, with whom I spoke with in the last segment, but also Dre Fortune, mm-hmm. and they have a whole host of other talented players that are going to be coming in, and it's going to be worth the national TV view. So hopefully everybody that's listening will either be at the match or uh, tune in. And from what I hear, the uh, the fans able to get in and in this system that they have to let the thousand or so fans in mm-hmm. still working well for AutoZone Park here in Memphis. Yeah, no, uh, from what I'm seeing, even from the fans who went to the last match, I had a couple friends uh, were there at the last match and obviously took in a good one. Uh, so it was a little bit of rose tinted glasses there. But um they said that they had a really good time and that they each have their own gates and it's kind of you have your own basically park to yourself if, if you want to feel that way. Your little uh, section has its own little park to itself. So pretty cool. Uh, props to, you know, AutoZone Park and Craig Unger over there. Yep. All right. We'll wrap things up. We've got a little added time coming up next on My Three Subs. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. Hey, it's Tim. Just reminding you, this podcast is now powered by Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Brody and I want all of our time going into making the podcast as entertaining and as interesting as possible for you. So that's why we ditched our old services, made the switch over to Podcave. This is the complete podcast management, combining all the tools we need to make the best shows we can to make them available on all the platforms you use and to always stay connected with you. Podcave provides unlimited audio storage, so all our episodes, new and the old ones, are always available whenever you want them. And our website, it's included and built into Podcave, so you always have a place to find us. It's that easy. Music and soundscapes we use on the show are professionally made and fully licensed by Podcave, so we don't worry about getting sued for using music without permission, and we know for sure that the artists who made it, well, they're getting paid, and that's always a great thing. We get email and text management tools to stay in touch with you, guest booking tools, episode planning tools. Podcave even includes customizable news feeds so that we can stay on top of the latest headlines. We used to have to piecemeal all that stuff, and it took hours. Believe me, it took hours. It cost hundreds of dollars every month, and we had to have all these different accounts to really uh, get the podcast to you. Well, that's all changed with Podcave. It's all in one place, and it's all inclusive. You're going to scratch your head, and you may even have to scratch your ears when you hear this. It's all inclusive for just $49 a month. That's right, $49 a month month. Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Save time and money with your first or next podcast. Don't be afraid. Give it a try. Use Podcave. That's podcave.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-V-E. Podcave.com. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. And we have added time to the podcast. Big thanks to Akeem Ward of North Carolina FC for joining us for the podcast this week. Really enjoyable conversation. In fact, you can go through my3subspodcast.com and we've got a lot of great player interviews. It's uh, it's fun to hear their story. Soccer players are just great storytellers. And there's going to be a big story told this Saturday at 4 o'clock, Brody. Yeah, uh... Please note the time change. Four o'clock is the new uh, kickoff time for Memphis 901 FC. Central. 
yes. Central for our north. Yes. Yes. For for our eastern people, it's uh, three o'clock your time. I, I don't. I don't. Five. Know. Is it's it five? five? I don't know. Math is hard. <laughs> but, Tropical storm Isa Is got to you. Yeah. It's the low pressure thing. I don't know. You're the weatherman. Anyway, uh, new time, and it's on ESPN Deportes. Uh, so that's fun. And uh, of course, you and Pete Pranica calling the game again. Which, hey, listen. Tim, I'm going to be honest with you. I am a superstitious guy, and that bodes well. All right. Well, we're looking forward to it now. I took German in high school, so uh, to play it safe, there we're also going to be on ESPN Plus with the English version of the call. <laughs> and for uh, folks in Memphis, you can catch it locally on CW30 Memphis. And uh, we are looking forward to just a, a terrific game. I think two teams that have a lot to gain in this and seeking some momentum. Memphis, uh, not a one FC unbeaten in three matches. Going to try to make it four. We'll see what happens this weekend. Again, big thanks to Akeem Ward and North Carolina FC. And uh, lots of Champions League action coming up this weekend. So enjoy that. Enjoy MLS. And also, of course, USL Championship all stinking weekend long because that's how they roll. We're rolling out of here for Brody Scott. I'm Tim Van Horn. Thanks for joining us. How do we uh, reach us one more time? Well, I'm trying to find all the wood to knock on because I think you just jinxed us. But anyway, yeah, you can go find us. We are at My Three Subs Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. On Instagram, we are at My Three Subs Soccer Pod. If you want to shoot us a message, feel free to do so because we love reading them. Go to My Three Subs Podcast at gmail.com. That's My Three Subs Podcast at gmail.com. And for any Anything you might have missed, of course, you can hit up the site, my3subspodcast.com. And whoever is commenting on our website from Lithuania, we love you too. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on My Three Subs. There's the whistle. Thank you for listening. Check out more My Three Subs podcast, a soccer odyssey.